cliffcentral.com. Dreaming is such a crucial part of the human experience and it's free of charge. At least it should be. So we recently interviewed two amazing domestic workers, Langa and Mandla, and got a sense of their aspirations and their fears beyond the work that they do. So if you could choose any career to receive exposure to, right? So any career that you could explore through a mentorship program, through work shadowing, if you had to just go for a day to learn about one career, what would it be? I only said three in mind, which also confused me <laughs> that if I had the opportunity to say choose one, it would be difficult. It was catering, um, running my own preschool, mm. and chefing and like having my own restaurant. Okay, so so this is interesting to me because these things are all uh, based on hospitality, right? Yeah. Which is a large part of what you do every day yeah. as a domestic worker, no? It's hospitality. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to whether these things came out of your experience with domestic work or these are things you wanted to do even before you were a domestic worker. No, it was even before I, I became a, a domestic worker. I've always had this love for doing something with my hands mm. well what's wonderful about those three is that they can happen together yeah I mean especially uh, having a restaurant and catering can definitely happen yes. together and I think uh, child minding is a little bit separate but could actually be a very similar client base and a lot of restaurants nowadays um, have children's areas for instance mm. Um, which is where you could probably do a lot of marketing for your crush. So there are definitely ways in which the three can work together. So actually you're, you're not mad. You're very, (laughs) (laughs) you're you're a very linear thinker. Um, Okay. Mandla, what, what are yours? (laughs) You know, um, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a nurse. Oh, that was my, first, first job I wanted to do mm. as a nurse. Then as time goes on, I thought, if it's not nursing, I have to go in the police force. In the police really? force? Yes. So you don't hear a woman say yes. that every day. And yeah, yeah, that was the... Was this the Zimbabwean police force yes. that you wanted to be part of? Yes. Were you, not, were you not terrified? No. I wasn't at the moment, at that time. What was the climate in the country at the time? Was it peaceful? It was peaceful. It was after we got independence. Okay. Yeah. And were there a lot of female policemen? That, yes. They, that's when, that was the time when women were allowed to be policewomen. Uh, are they no longer allowed to? I mean, before it was just a main oh, yes. okay. job. Okay. But when we got independence, women were included as well to work as police women. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. What do you what do you picture yourself doing as a policewoman? Ah, oh, you know, <laughs> catching thugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Arresting people doing bad things. Yeah, I wanted to do that. And you would have done and all of the training. You know that's yes, a very physically demanding job. Yes, I was job looking forward to it. very dangerous. <laughs> you know, I was still young by then, so I was looking forward to doing it. What prevented you from becoming such a police woman? You're such a badass. Uh, you know, you have to have uh, a certain education. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, so I didn't get to that point that I But you would have been willing to do absolutely everything you needed to do for the job. Yeah. Would you have carried a gun? Yes. Oh, wow. I would have. Oh, oh wow. Yes. I can't look at you I the w- same. Yeah. <laughs> at that time. This is you amazing. Know, you know, as you grow up, you change. You change through things you have seen in life. But at that time, I would have gone mm. in the police force. How I wanted f- to. How do you feel now about carrying a gun? No. Uh, yeah. No, no. And what's what's since happened no. to change your mind? Okay. You know, uh, there's a lot of things happened in my life, so okay. I don't want a gun near me. Mm. Yeah. No, oh. I'll never. And you would never. Uh huh. I don't want a gun. I'll never be a policeman, any, a policewoman anymore. Oh. No. But nursing, if I've got a chance, I yes. will. Okay. I will. Especially working in a hospital where there is kids. Yeah. Oh yes. That's where. Yes, we know how much I've you got love soft kids. spot with K for kids, you know. Yeah. I'd love to do that. So if the opportunity came for you, for instance, Langa, to job shadow someone that owns a restaurant or for you, Mandla, if you could shadow a nurse, would you take it? I'll take it. Mm. I will take it. But the other job I would like it to be a chef. A chef as well. As well. So yes. you guys can partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love can we working get a, with Can we food. get a cut of the profits because... I feel like we facilitated. For real? <laughs> 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 uh, 3%, 3%. Just some commission. <laughs> Fred, we need, we need money, dog. Mm, <laughs> we do. <laughs> I was going to add more that, you know, if it is uh, kids with special needs. All right. Yes, yes that I'll do with. Oh my heart. But do you think you could do it on your own? So like at the moment there isn't a job shadowing program for domestic workers. Do you think you could go and do that by yourself? So you, you're interested in being a nurse for um, disabled children. So you just go and do it yourself. Would you be willing to do that? Yeah. What is it about your jobs as it stands in your current lifestyles that you feel like is holding you back from pursuing other careers I think it's money yeah Yeah. No, you don't have enough money to pursue whatever you want to do and oh, what is it you need the money for like training you have to have money if you are going to go for training you have to need money what about scholarships Yeah, we haven't thought about it I haven't thought about that because I think there's actually a lot of opportunities that you guys could unlock that you perhaps haven't thought about and that for me is key so I want to understand, because not everything requires money, right? Some opportunities are, are freely available to people who make an effort, you know? Or, um, for instance, like we're talking about job shadowing. That that would just be a, a matter of finding somebody who is willing to accommodate you for three weeks um, and show you what they do. Né? So I think there's just a lot of things that you guys haven't thought about. I want to know why you haven't thought about them. The problem is that if you don't know who to approach, that's mm. the problem. You know, you have to have someone who will show you the platforms, where you st- where to start. Because yeah. you, you are just stuck there, you don't know where, mm. where to start. So it's the networks yeah. that you don't feel like you have access yeah, to. Yeah, you don't networks. know where to go, who to ask, things like that. And I also wonder how much of it has to do with being foreign. Are there limitations by being foreign in this country? I don't know because I haven't tried it. So I can't say that because I haven't tried. Is it a confidence thing Hmm. to some extent? 
Do you think? Because I know there's certain things, I mean, I would be too afraid to do. Right? Perhaps things that I don't think uh, are for me or opportunities that I maybe think are bigger than me. Where I'd have to really push myself or I'd need somebody to push me. No, so you I think th- it's a confidence thing? I think it's lack of knowledge. You know, you don't, you don't know where to start. Yeah. That's the problem. If we have got someone like now, you say, you know, you can start here. We are ready to do that. So do you think we'll stand up to do that? You'll be ready to do it. So, so do you think job shadowing would would help with that yeah. lack of knowledge? Yeah, it will. It will help us. Or lack of information. Find, yeah, lack of information. If you have information, where you can go, what to do, what where to start. Mm-hmm. Okay, how yeah. how do you feel around successful people? People who are high powered, have a lot of money and a lot of success and a lot of knowledge. Do you feel comfortable around those people? Do you feel comfortable to approach them and to to ask them for help? If you can, if if I can come across them, I could ask for help. Yeah, I'll ask for help because you know I want to be where they are as well. Okay, how they so started. So you wouldn't you wouldn't be afraid to approach. No. A, you wouldn't be afraid to approach a, a high powered CEO if you happen to maybe be in the same place as them. I don't know. Maybe you were in a waiting room somewhere. And you started talking to them. You wouldn't no. be afraid to. Myself, I'll never be afraid. I'll just approach and ask and see if there is he or she who's That's willing really to help me That's because really I need help. Like as would, long as you have the channels yeah. to how to go through to that person. Yeah. But would you ever take something like a business plan, Langa, and take it to a restaurant owner <clears throat> and say, "You have this plan for a restaurant, please." Mm. Just let me know how to get started. Would you do that? Would you be prepared would, to do because that? Because I've seen my brother has done that. Mm. He's got the power, but I just forgot to ask him that. But now this restaurant you... thing is very interesting to me, Langa, because I also know that there are certain restaurants where you feel a bit alienated. Like you feel like you don't, you're not welcome and mm. you don't particularly want to walk in there and mm. even sit down and order a meal. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think we all have those spaces that we're afraid to go into. Right, and I can give you examples of spaces I'm afraid to go into. Um, but why is that? Because actually, I think it's if we can point, if we can figure out why that is, then you can probably start the kind of restaurant that is inclusive to everybody. So, what is it about some restaurants that keeps other people out? Yeah, because other people think they got the money; they they're the only ones that can go to that place. But I think if I've got that money in my pocket, I, I shouldn't be afraid to go and eat there. As long as I've got the money. But that that's I might still... be black mm-hmm. and they might be white and they'll think less of me. But I think money is the thing that counts. So place. what if you have enough money for a cup of coffee at a very expensive restaurant and you just want to mm-hmm. go in there and see... For that expensive coffee, it's my money's enough. Mm. I'd go in. You'd go in? Yeah. How do, you, how do you feel, Mandela, about certain spaces, restaurants in particular, and how they they keep some people out? Have you, have you, been, have you <laughs> ever been afraid to go into a restaurant? The problem is that, to tell the truth, I've never ate at a restaurant. Exactly. Oh, and that's never. Wow. <laughs> I've never. Wow. Except, I think... Um, 
wimpy. That's yeah. the only place I went to. I've mm. never been in a restaurant. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I think it's perfectly normal. Yeah. But I, I think it's important for us all to understand why. Because there's clearly something that is happening. Because it's not like there are guards at the door, you know, who only let people in who are yellow. It's not like... Um, Can I <clears throat> maybe attempt an answer? <laughs> okay. Uh, that I think the one i mean i think certain restaurants sell lifestyle whilst certain other restaurants sell convenience so i think a wimpy for instance sells convenience and so everyone can tap into convenience but not everyone can tap into a lifestyle and that's what i want to i i want to hear if if this is how she feels i've never thought of going to eat at a restaurant I've what? never thought about it. I always go past and see people. Then I always think that, you know, maybe it's people with lots of money who can eat there. Because I've okay. never asked you to see how much it costs or anything like that. Is it the way that it looks that makes you think you won't be able to afford what's there? Yeah. I always <laughs> think that maybe it's very expensive. Would you like so. to go and eat in a restaurant? Is that I'd love to. If I've got the money, I'd love to. Because I always think restaurants are for people who've got money. Mm. And I don't have that extra money to go and eat at a restaurant, so I always cook my own food. I also think uh, going into those restaurants is the fear of people staring at you. Even if mm. you really want to go in there, the first thing people will be staring at you. What do you think people are staring at? Like, they look at you as like, what is she doing? Uh, does know, she have like, enough money? Yeah, does she have enough money to come by uh, this thing that they think it's only them that can afford this. But how place. how can they tell that you don't have enough money? They really can't tell, but because they've always had this thing in their mind that, you know, they are, it's them that can only afford yeah. to go in that place, yeah. not knowing other people's pockets or so. Okay. Um, I think there is maybe an insecurity that comes with like if you feel like you can't afford to eat somewhere and you go in there, you almost feel like people can see through your handbag into your purse mm. <laughs> and they know exactly how much money you have or don't have, right? Well, and it's it's literally in your head. But you were going to say, Mandla? Maybe just sometimes they look the way you are dressed then they know that you don't have money. Mm, but I don't, I think that's probably less the case. Honestly, if no, I, look I at, think that's a big part of it. But I'm saying if I look at the two of them mm. specifically, I think that can be a big part of it. But if I look at the, the two of them specifically, mm. they aren't dressed differently to anybody that would eat at a restaurant, in my opinion. And, you know, in that restaurant, you can get a meal that is way less, maybe like, say, less than 100 rand. That I can eat and that person is also eating. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So I think as people like in our own heads, when we know what our limitations are in our own heads, you almost feel like people can see through you. I feel like that all the time. I have certain insecurities. And when I mention them to people, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, like we would have never thought that about you. But I immediately think that I'm exposed because in my own head, I have limited myself. To certain things. Mm -hmm. I want to give an example. I went to 
some restaurant in four ways with these people, yeah. So we were we were eating, but when I checked the bill, I thought that was more than a hundred and something. I think it totaled up to hundred and thirty-four. I thought it was something like three hundred rands mm. for that plate of food. Yeah. So it's also just because I think yeah, it's assuming based on the way that something looks, mm. you assume mm. how much it costs. Yeah. You know, and sometimes mm. that can be very misleading. Or because of the people who are in a space that, you know, so it's these, uh, because I, I think there are many restaurants in which everybody could probably afford something. Not everyone, but a lot more people than we think, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think it's a, it's about like, first of all, being vocal about these things, but also then trying to, to address some of these misconceptions. And I'm happy about this conversation, like I said, Langa. Because if you're going to start a restaurant, it's something you can think about. Like, what is my restaurant and the way that it looks? What is it? What message is it sending about whether or not people are welcome? And I think it's we should we shouldn't make a person feel that they can't eat in there. I think it's also within us that we tell ourselves that hmm, mm. I don't eat there. I don't have the money. Mm. That thing in us. Mm. If I had to open, I think I would try. I don't know how I'll put it, but to make people out there, when they come to the door, they mustn't be afraid yeah. to go in yeah. to say, I don't have that money. Rich people eat here or mm. something like that. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I think that would be a great thing to do. No, but th- I mean, the thing is like, for me, Santon, the first time I got there, I was completely overwhelmed. Although there's some very average places there as well but by virtue of all that it's loaded with which is sand and wealth all that stuff mm-hmm. i didn't feel welcome at all yeah know? but i think i suspect that i think there are external factors that come into it mm. but i think largely it's it's a voice that we have in our head because we know what something is loaded with mm. yeah. um where we hold ourselves back mm. i think that's probably the bigger thing Mm. That that I've noticed. So my family's always dined. We've always loved dining as a family pastime. Um, but you know, still today, and I think less so once we get over ourselves. People are adapting more and more, particularly like in the in the middle class. It is becoming more about maybe classism and how much money you have, and less about the color of your skin. Maybe more and more. I'm not saying it's completely that way, but I'm saying more and more. Um, but I used to I used to walk into restaurants with with my family and and literally we we would just feel like all the white people were looking at us and all the white people were uncomfortable, mm. you know. And we wouldn't feel comfortable unless we spotted another black family or two or three, mm. right? Um, when actually, perhaps there were one or two, but for the most part, I'm sure those people were just trying to have their dinner. Um, and that's something I've found has gone away. Slowly but surely, psychologically, as we have started to get out of our own heads and go to spaces just to do what we came to do. Mm. Um, so I think, I think, I think it is, I think it is a bit of both. I think there's a lot more we can do with spaces to make them more accommodating mm. and to unload them. Mm. Um, but I think half the job is on us to, to once a space then is unloaded to unload ourselves. Okay, so you want to start a restaurant and you want to be a nurse. But if you needed that money, uh, so you've decided that this is what you're going to do, right? Um, but if you needed money to start that, 
or if you needed money, uh, Mandla, to become a nurse, where would you get the capital to fund your dream or your vision? That's why we are stuck. We don't know where we can go. Mm. We don't know where to start. When it comes to getting loans or... um, we were speaking the other day about microloans, that sort of stuff. Would you ever go there? Would you have any family members that would uh, invest in your vision? Mm, microloans are but a problem because they have so much interest and yeah. you really get yourself into the deep, deep trouble. Maybe you just first look around, talk to some family member that maybe is doing well, Get a certain amount, maybe move to a next person or friend as well, get to a certain target, depending on how much you're going to need. That will be much better so that you can repay them back. Maybe it won't have interest. The interest will be so huge Mm -hmm. that you end up paying double the money you have borrowed. So you guys are afraid of debt, eh? Yes, we are. come at times to collect some things from you if you don't have it. Are there any jobs that you think are for people of color? Um, Like maybe exclusively for people of color that you can't imagine a white person doing? Yeah, because everything in South Africa seems to have a race, right? That's true. Mm. Because I don't think you can ever find... (laughs) I've never seen a domestic worker. A white domestic worker. But maybe a child mind a few, but doing domestic work or a white being a cleaner. Yeah. I haven't seen. Maybe a colored, yes. Now, do you think that's because white people are privileged or do you think it's because they feel like those jobs are for people of color? Yeah, they think those jobs are for people of color. Mm. They don't because, see themselves doing yeah, that. Job. Because you will see here sometimes saying, Oh yeah, you don't want to go to school, you are going to end up being a gardener mm. or a housekeeper, which is the lowest job in the world. Mm. You see? But I've me. seen I've seen whites at restaurants. Yes, restaurants. Yes, really waiters yeah. and waitresses. Yeah. And I've seen, I don't know whether that is colored or Indian, of the low, not the wealthy, but in, in the, in this like spa or some supermarket, not Cambridge, but spa, pick and pay. Hmm. Yeah, are there I any jobs, higher income jobs that you think are not for people of color? No. A job is a job. A job is a job. Okay. Shouldn't be that that job is for white or black. As long as I think if like, for instance, if you say to become a CEO, if they would say only whites, what about those educated blacks that are for that position? Where do they go? But you know, part of what um, I think a lot of professional uh, people of color are struggling with is BEE and the perception that comes with BEE. Mm-hmm. So often, if you climb up the corporate ladder, then they'll they'll think that you might have done it not because you're capable and skilled, but because BEE is putting you in that position. You know, so so I think 
Well, actually, the question is, do you think that as a society, we still perceive that some people don't deserve some roles mm. in the workplace? Uh, it does happen. Yeah, like in Cape Town, I believe that most jobs, mostly in even in banks, so it's mostly colors. I don't know, because maybe Cape Town has got a lot of colored people and closer people but most jobs are given to the colors compared to the blacks the blacks are struggling there's like a competition hmm. mm. do you think that sometimes you know as Bali was talking about how sometimes we can limit ourselves do you think that sometimes we might think that we don't deserve to be in a job because we're not used to seeing people that look like us in those jobs so do you think sometimes we might not apply because we think, oh, but, you know, there aren't many like me there. I think people who are educated, they don't think that they will think anything like that. Maybe they will apply and then being turned down mm-hmm. because of color. Because I remember the first time um, one, of my, uh, one of my colleagues applied to study at an international school uh, was the first time I realized I could do it too. Before that, I had no idea I could do that. I just thought, okay, I'm just going to study here in South Africa. Then I'm just going to go and do my job. And the moment she did that was the moment I realized that that's not limited to me. And by me not applying is the only time I'm limited. Um, so, so I realized that that was something that I did to myself. So do you think that maybe, you know, some people might not apply to things because it just doesn't cross their mind because they're just not used to being exposed to that as a potential for them to have it does happen i think we also have a lot of false perceptions about certain types of jobs and um how happy people are in them and so for instance like the corporate world and the business world right it comes with its own drawbacks and its own stresses and disadvantages um and so i want to know from you I mean, and perhaps you've observed in the families that you've worked with um, where your employees have had their careers, where they work in an office or behind a laptop most of the time. I want to know from you, is there anything that you think you would hate about working in an office and a formal environment where you had to wear high heels and a black suit and carry a laptop and a briefcase? Yeah, I think sometimes it gets too serious about what you have to do how you have to get dressed, how you dress yourself, and the stresses which goes with that, those corporate high jobs. Mm. I find that people come home, they don't know what to do. They are so stressed up that they end up sometimes getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see that with the, the households that you look after, that mm. those that work in offices have high levels of stress? Yeah. They come yeah. home tired. Oh, I'm so tired. And what can that lead to? What some of the problems you've seen? Work-related problems where you can Sometimes see. Sometimes if uh, the stress at work, they'll take off that stress towards the, their workers. You find mm. that someone is not happy all the time. So whatever you do, try to make things good or what, you are always wrong because they are so stressed up with something at work. Mm. It's not about you. It's about th- their work. The first sign is they when they they come inside, that was a greeting. Mm. That's where you see that there's something wrong. Mm. Either you're happy, you first approach them with a greeting, or it's either they don't even say a greeting to you. 
Mm. That's where you see them. Would you want to work in an office? Either of you. I don't want to work in an office. I'm glad that you no, have declared that. I don't. I just want to work like in like taking care of children with special needs or working as a chef dealing with food. That's the only things I want to do. I've never worked in an office, but when I look at what people, some people I'm close to are working in offices, I can from what they're saying, things that, you know, lots of work and sometimes there is like bad, uh, bad situation of food. Between them working with, like, in an office, maybe there will be six or seven, like, there are things happening there. I don't want to be in a situation like that. Yeah. No. And you guys, I mean, have gotten so used to working on your own, right? Yes. And, and, and in some way, I mean, even though you have a boss, when your boss is gone, you're kind of your own boss, you know, yeah. and you decide when to do what you want to do and you decide yeah. how to do it, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that is... That's the privilege we have. Mm. You're working all by yourself. You don't yeah. have anyone nagging or giving you a cold shoulder. And I'm, gla- until I'm glad they you recognize it is a privilege. Yeah. Because some people have their bosses sit here on their necks yeah. constantly, all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, Langa, would you want to work in an office? I wouldn't mind, besides the dressing, because I'm not a person of value. Like, if I have to mm. wear them every day, that that would be the disadvantage for me. But, but could you work on a computer all day? That they that's just coming to there that sitting there the whole day would be something. I think there would be a lot of pressure for me. And the other thing of working in office you have to have makeup things like that. I don't like makeup. Mm. No. I want to be plain as I am. How about how about politics? Would you get into politics? No. Never. Mm-hmm. But I I want to know from you guys if you had to choose a ministry, what it would be. If you had to be a mis- minister of something, come on. Minister of health. Minister of health, okay. Langa? You're consistent, Mandela. <laughs> She's very consistent. Uh, I think I'll be a minister of education. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but otherwise you wouldn't want to go into politics, eh? Why? Uh, we don't, I don't like politics. Do you think it's useful? It's not. Much, there's too much arguing and nothing gets done. Honestly, in politics, <laughs> it's always arguing, nothing gets done. It's always fighting all the way. Waste of time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I've never seen Waste anything. To, uh, no. I almost feel like if you took the politics out of politics, yeah, then, <laughs> you know, then um, we might be more productive. Yeah, because I think it's the politics that gets in the way of politics. I think politics, I think government is incredibly important, um, which I suppose is a, a a byproduct or a component of politics. But it's the politicking that you're talking about, the constant arguing and arguing and yeah. arguing and not getting... Mm. Nothing getting po- out of it. Politics is almost the, the opposite of productivity, right? Mm. Um, so I think you've you've raised a, a very interesting point there. And there's, at the end, politics, there's so much killings after that. Have you noticed? I don't know if in politics there's killings after that. So it's politics that then um, turns into fighting and violence. Mm. Mm. Hmm. 
I don't know if people have said to realize it, but when I listen to news and watch politic things, there's always, after that politics, there must be somebody hurt or killed. It's so true. Mm-hmm. In, mean, in this mm-hmm. country as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, Mostly watching the news, I watch news, yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, war comes out of politics, for instance. And it's also... Any other it's not that You know conscious. what the funny thing is? It's not the politicians fighting and, and killing each other. <laughs> it's everybody else fighting and killing each other over what the politicians are arguing about. So it's not even the people who are part of the politics. It's just people become a, a casualty of mm. politics. Crazy. I think because uh, the people don't have any any one or anything to protect them from, mm-hmm. because you might find that the the people out there don't get like maybe there will be a rally, there will be in crowds like that, and they're moving in public transport or they get followed by. So I think that the politicians get protection because they always have. They always have um, police or something guarding them. Hmm. Sure. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So, so it means that you know, as you talk about casualties, so sometimes those casualties are uh, s- symbolic, you know, towards the ones that are protected, because yeah. you can't. So the anger is towards the, the politician, um, but they have a. Proxy, they have a human shield <laughs> mm-hmm. <Very> <laughs> because no one can get to them. Mm-hmm. So people end up venting frustration over politicians, government, among one another mm-hmm. because you know you can't access the office of the presidency or the ministry. Mm-hmm. So Amanda, if you wanted to, oh, you guys are so smart. If you wanted to affect, if you wanted to affect the health industry, so you want you want to be a health minister, but you don't want to do it through politics. What is the other way then that you would do it? If you were to to um, make a huge change in the health industry, how would you start to tackle it? Because I guess I wonder um, if if the answer is not through politics. Then what is it through? So okay, I, yes. and I actually I I use the example. I, I can use an example of of us. You know, like we're sort of. I don't know. I don't believe that the government is ever going to treat domestic workers well. You know, so we're just coming at it from another angle for the, the payment to be better, for you know uniforms to be better, for um, sponsorships and and bursaries to actually be in place. You know what I mean? But we're not doing it through politics and we're not doing it through government. So where would you go at it with health? The problem is that when you become minister of health, you be you have to be in politics for the government to help you because you can't be all by yourself out there so except saying- if you ask for sponsorship from non-governmental organizations. So you wouldn't be able to do it as the Minister of Health, is what you're saying? Because that is an inherently political... Yeah, I don't think you can do it all by yourself, because it's a huge thing. Have you ever thought of any mentor in your mind, like someone that you'd, you'd love to meet, to guide you through a career choice? Have you ever had that? No. Hmm. I've never thought about it, but mm. maybe now I'll <laughs> think about lots of things because it's like you guys, you've opened our minds. 
Wow. Do you think it's important to have a maintained mind? I think so. I think it does. Yeah, it does. With things you're stuck in. Yeah. It helps a lot because to me, I can say it helps a lot because like you too, you are like our mentors because you have opened our mind. Oh, no. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know what? To tell you something before, I didn't have this much confidence. But now I've got a lot of confidence. Even if I, I, I stand in front of other women, I can address them with confidence. That but before it was, I used to do it, but it was difficult. But now I feel like I can say anything I want. I think we have very little to do with it though. I think yeah. it's really, um, more how much you have committed. To your own personal development since we met you I think maybe maybe we We helped to ask the right questions But I think that all of that power Is most certainly coming from you mm-hmm. I have no business mentoring anyone <laughs> At all You have You don't realize <laughs> yeah. it You have a lot And we can oh. even refer people yeah. to you people. Yes, you have no. You don't realize it And you don't notice that How much How much Strength you have to mentor other people because I'm telling the truth. I used, I, I wasn't a person like you. I'll stand in front of people and say a lot of things like I say now. Now I can stand in front of people and, and talk to people and see people clapping hands like this, which mm-hmm. never happened before because I'll stand up and say one, two, three, one, two, three, four and sit down. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how to receive that. I'm literally yeah. in yeah. tears right now. Tilly's mm. about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. You guys gave us wow. courage. Yes. That yeah. we wouldn't have yeah. in a way. Yeah. It's so it crazy does. because I mean, yeah. I, I I see Mbali and I sort of go in and out of confidence, and we are still fighting with ourselves yeah. as we grow into I will ourselves. say this: it's incredible. You have given me. More drive than I've ever had in my entire life and more courage. Yeah. Because you are worth it. Right? I'm always the kind of person who needs a good cause. I need somebody to, to fight for or something to fight for to really, really push me. Um, and you know, even just the two of you in this room alone have given me that. And it's a really great gift because I think that I, become more and more and better and better every day because I want to step up for you. So interesting because we yeah. wanted to discuss your aspirations, but it looks like we're discovering our own. And uh, with that, I think we should kill it because <laughs> it's getting soft. <laughs> this is not my thing. Yeah. But, uh, thank you so much, guys. No, really, very well received, and yeah, and and thank you to you mm. for for a beautiful discussion as always. And um, we look forward to many, many more. Thank you for joining us on the main sessions with Cliff Central. <laughs> Sorry, we got a bit soft over there um, but we'll catch you later tools twitter at made project m-a-i-d-e project every thursdays at six we look so forward to seeing your visions and realities come to life ladies thank you peace cliffcentral.com